Welcome to Word at Nine, a podcast dedicated to lifting up the voices of student preachers at Yale Divinity School. I'm your host, Christy Stang. Today, we welcome our first student preacher on the show, Kelsey Creech. Kelsey has been part of the brainstorming process for Word at Nine since the beginning, and I am so excited that she's preaching the first sermon on the podcast. Kelsey, thank you for sharing your words with us today. Good morning, everyone. I am so grateful to be here on this podcast with you today. My name is Kelsey Creech, and I am a second-year MDiv at Yale Divinity School. I'm affiliated with the Andover Newton program, and I'm seeking ordination in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. Before I bring a sermon to you today, I would be completely remiss if I did not take some time to thank Christy so much for all of the work that she's been doing to put this podcast together and for asking me to bring a word to y'all today. We're going to be looking pretty closely at the first two chapters of Genesis, specifically Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 25. If you want to refresh yourself on those before I get started, go ahead and take a moment to pause and do that now. If not, then... Let's dive in. When I made the decision to go to divinity school, I knew that I had discerned a call to ministry, and I felt pretty certain that it was to parish ministry because of my great love for preaching. I was eager to move to New Haven and to start my classes at Yale and learn alongside so many other preachers and future pastors. I was eager to learn with these people, but I was very insistent that I wanted to live on my own. Coming directly to seminary after college, I had only ever had roommates and lived with my parents, and I was so excited at the thought of having my own place and my own space just for me. And so I moved into this adorable little studio apartment in New Haven, and I loved being able to come home and have everything be exactly where I had left it. I never had to worry about roommates moving things or messes being created where I had left things clean. But within two weeks, I knew that I was really lonely. Seminary is an important time in the life of a pastor because of the amount of learning and because of the community and the relationships that you're building. And while I was building a lot of friendships, I was missing having someone to come home and talk about my day with. So I made the only logical decision and got a dog. When I say that I got a dog, I mean that I decided in mid-October that I might want to get a dog, and by Halloween I had a golden retriever puppy sleeping at the foot of my bed. I told myself that I didn't need other community and roommates because I had this dog and that cured my loneliness. But over the past few weeks I've been challenged by that and I've started to look at possibly getting roommates. And today I want to talk to you about why. 
I recently went to the wedding of one of my closest friends. It was the first wedding I've been to where I was really invested in the relationship of the couple and where I knew what it was like to be with them both apart and together. I saw the ways that they so greatly improved each other's lives and the ways that they made each other light up. And I was asked to officiate their wedding. A common thing, I suppose, when you're going into ministry, but a very big honor for me. The wedding was in Florida and in the middle of a pandemic, so there were a few complexities into getting me to be the officiant. I wound up co-officiating with the bride's prior youth pastor, but within all of that, I got to give the message to the couple, to the bride and groom. I wanted to say something unique, something that wasn't usually said at weddings, partially because I pride myself on being able to find new things in the Bible, and partially because I am tired of hearing all of the sappy things we usually hear about love at weddings. So I started to reflect on what I thought about marriage and what in the Bible led me to think that way, and I landed on the story of Adam and Eve. I had already learned in seminary that there were two versions of the creation story in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. I knew that scholars believed Genesis chapter 1 to have been written by a priestly writer with a very high view of God, and that they believed Genesis 2 to have been written by the Yahwist, who tended to characterize God with more human qualities than the priestly writer. And so I reread those two chapters, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, and I realized that paired together, those stories teach us three really important things. Firstly, we learn that God made the world, and while we're not quite exactly clear on how, we can safely say that that's the worldview that we're carrying. God made all of creation from the day and the night to the beasts that walk upon the land to the fish that swim in the sea. God made everything. Secondly, God says that this creation is good for the most part. In Genesis chapter 1, God calls humans very good. And in Genesis chapter 2, God calls the first thing not good. And that is what I want to look at today. While in Genesis chapter 1, humans are made at the same time, in Genesis chapter 2, Adam is made well before Eve. See, verses 15 going on tell us that God made Adam and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it with the instruction that he could not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But Adam worked there by himself until verse 18, where the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. The first thing that God calls not good is loneliness. Adam is alone and working all by himself, and God looks on it, and he sees that that loneliness is not good. 
and that Adam needs a helper. So then God goes on this quest with Adam, looking through all of the birds of the air and the beast of the land, trying to find a helper or a partner, but they find none. And here is where God takes matters into God's own hands and makes woman from man, makes Eve out of Adam, that Adam might have a partner, that Adam might have family. You see, while we focus on how God made creation and how God made humans, in this text we see that God gives us the gift of community. And so at my friend's wedding, I spoke about the ways that weddings are so beautiful because it is the joining of two communities and it is a time when we celebrate that two people have found each other and are committing to be family for the time going forward. However, in this sermon today, I'm reminded of myself and the lonely girl at seminary who thought that buying a dog would cure her desire for community. You see, as Willie Jennings writes in his book, After Whiteness, so much of education is about teaching us to be self-sufficient. We don't need to rely on others. We are strong and able to handle ourselves and our affairs and our emotions all on our own. We don't need other people. People are a luxury. But as our text tells us today, God says otherwise. When God looks on Adam living and working alone in the garden, God says it is not good. When God looked on me living and working alone through my seminary experience, despite the fact that I had a dog, God said it was not good. God looks on loneliness and he recognizes that it is not in the best interest of us to be alone. We need community with others in order to be spiritually and mentally well. One way of looking at the rest of the entire Bible is as a series of codes and stories and wisdom tidbits that teach us how to live well in community. And in many ways, that is the essence of what it is to be Christian. When we learn about the earliest churches, we are taught about the ways that they lived communally. And while we can't view this as a monolith, we do know that in all of Jesus' teachings and the writings of Paul, the emphasis on community, of living in community, of caring for others in your community, and of caring for others who are strangers to your community, is of the utmost importance. And so while we are taught and while it honestly feels good to be able to live on our own and to be individuals and to be self-sufficient, self-actualized people, I don't think that's what we're called to. From these earliest scriptures, we see an importance of being in community. 
Humankind is not called good so long as they live and work alone. But when they are together, God calls them very good. So if you've taken the time to listen to the word at nine this morning, or this evening, or this hour, or whenever you sit down to listen to your podcasts, my charge to you as you leave this space is this. Be in community and really be. The emphasis at the end of Genesis chapter 2 is on the ways that Adam and Eve were naked and felt no shame. Be in community. Be vulnerable in community. Be reliant on your community. Engage with your community. And while this charge is much harder in a pandemic than it would be otherwise, it's infinitely more important. When our default mode is living and working alone in our siloed houses with hopefully our family around, but as seminary students, oftentimes not, we must work doubly or even triply hard to make sure that we are engaging with community because that is the only way to be God's very good creation. Buying a dog just isn't gonna cut it. Amen. This has been Word at Nine, a podcast dedicated to lifting up the voices of student preachers at Yale Divinity School. Thank you for listening.